So, hello and welcome. My name's Steve Nabell, and today I'm speaking with Jessica Joins on Dare to Believe in Your Power to Do Good. Jessica is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, consultant, and global citizen. Her purpose is to awaken people to their unique soul purpose and give them the tools they need to live it. Her life experiences and wisdom have led her to her defining mantra, Dare to Believe in Your Power to Do Good. An inspirational speaker, author, and consultant, she uh, speaks to organizations who are committed to driving employee engagement and fulfillment through purpose. Her purpose is to maintain the consciousness economy so we can all be happier and healthier. Her website, her personal website is jessicajoins.com and I'll send that out with this podcast. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Now, I know because we've spoken before that you did an amazing thing in leaving a corporate job and went off traveling around the world in 2011. Can you say something about that and why on earth did you do it? Yeah, thank you for asking. You know, that moment was one of the most really defining moments of my life so far. I had been living in the corporate rat race environment for a really long time. And, you know, at that point, I was working about 80 to 100 hours a week at wow. times. I had such um, a low quality of life in terms of how I felt. I was starting to have physical health issues. Um, I had mental health issues. Um, and I felt really trapped and I couldn't seem to figure out how to get out of this um, wheel that I was on and I, I couldn't see a way out my my soul was crying out to me to want to, to not live this life you know but I couldn't I couldn't find a, a way out of it I, I, I didn't even understand what was really going on and I certainly didn't have a lot of the vocabulary that I have now but what I've come to learn is that I was truly my soul was screaming out to have purpose and to do something that different than what I was doing and this experience is really what has formed the mantra in my dare to believe work is that there was something deep inside of me calling out to me to to do something drastic hmm. to do something daring to, to really just mix this up in a profound way in a way that Everyone would think I was crazy and nuts, which they did, and, and to get out of this. And that opportunity presented itself when I was, you know, biggest blessing of my life that ever happened. I was laid off from this job that I hated, <laughs> right. which in the moment felt devastating. Then it was like, God, I'm miserable. This is a gift. And um, there was something calling out to me. I'd always wanted to travel, and I, I, I think I was pushed to such a limit and had been in so much pain but I decided to do it. Mm. And I bought a one-way ticket. This is this is how daring I decided to be, to Vietnam, which um, is a place I'd always wanted to travel. I, I had been to Southeast Asia before and, and loved it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give myself the permission to follow this heart calling, see where it leads, and that's why I'm buying a one-way ticket. I'll come back when it's time to come back. And I ended up actually being gone for a year um, and traveling all through Southeast Asia, um, living in Cambodia for a few months. And it was through taking that daring leap into the unknown was really um, when my life began to really change and ultimately lead to doing what I'm doing now. Did this one year off shift your perspective of what's possible and also what you wanted from life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it shifted what was what I thought was possible because just by leaving and doing this, I opened my I opened up my perspective to a world that um, I didn't know. So, for example, I ended up living in Cambodia and Phnom Penh for three months, 
just being in that environment and seeing what the reality is of so many people in this world, seeing what their what their reality is and how they find joy and meaning, which which they absolutely do. It's one of the most joyful places I've ever been. It shifted me up. It shifted me in just in terms of rethinking about my own reality. You know, back back in the states and how things that I was perceiving to be blockages or things that I was perceiving weren't possible for me were really ultimately a lie, you know, um, that I had been telling myself and keeping myself um, imprisoned through. So, yeah, I mean, that, that year changed everything for me, um, just in how I think about the world and what we're here to do, and it changed, it changed so much. It, it really it really shook up my whole um paradigm and rules that I had put on myself or allowed others to put upon myself for a really long time. And I guess that was the end of the corporate life for you in that kind of way, wasn't it? You know, I made a couple important decisions when I was on that journey. Um, one was that I, I was I was not going to ever allow myself to be again in a situation where I wasn't valued truly for what, what I contribute to the world. Um, I wasn't going to allow myself to be put in this situation where, I mean, you know, I was truly working all the time and really had no life beyond that. But it really helped me make the decision that I see there's other people out there that have a dream, they pursue it, and it happens for them. They live this life of greater meaning and of greater purpose. And I chose to believe that that was possible for me too. And even at that moment that I hadn't figured out what that thing was, that by continuing to trust and see where my heart was leading me, that that would be revealed to me. And that I would be able to, to you know, live a life that I was somehow dreaming about on a soul level, but I couldn't quite visualize at that time or understand what it was. And the first experience of that was um, coming back and starting a company and, and um, becoming an entrepreneur. And... Um, working for myself, which is something I've I've um, come to understand is incredibly important for me and what my soul needs. It's amazing, isn't it? Working for yourself. I I agree with you there. I don't want to work for anybody else anymore. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm I think I'm a nice boss to myself. So that's that's the reason. Uh, is finding a soul purpose important for everyone? Uh, do you think everyone has a soul purpose? Yeah, I, I, I do, is the short answer. I, I believe that um, look, we're, all, we're all souls, and I believe that we come here um, with um, a unique purpose um, that only we can do um, and achieve in this world. Um, I believe that how important that is to people evolves and potentially shifts over their life. I believe that the manifestation of what that purpose is can change and likely will change and evolve hmm. um, in terms of what it looks like in our you know physical reality. Um, but yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely believe that everyone has a unique purpose that only they can do. Um, unfortunately, what I try to work with and help people do is to realize that you know we get so beaten down and, um, you know, in this kind of rat race, I'll call it, and, you know, overwhelmed by the ego mind that um, we forget that. Yeah. <laughs> and so what we do is help people to remember that, and then once they awaken to that, um, give them, you know, the tools and the process and things to, to be able to go after it. 
Um, but there is an awakening that, that needs to occur um, to realize that. Well, with the ego mind, uh, the ego mind, of course, can throw up a lot of resistance to something as, as obscure at the beginning as sole purpose. And, you know, I know in my life, uh, let, shall I resign from this job and let go of the security and safety? And my ego mind went, uh, no, of course not. But my heart said something different. I guess it's different for everyone. How does resistance show up? How did it show up for you? And how, how does it show up for other people? And are there any strategies you get share with people to help them work through ego resistance? Yeah, and it showed up for me in a really big way. Um, it, it showed up to me through addiction. Um, it showed up to me through, um, you know, the, the ego voice got louder, right? Mm. So as soon as I started trying to do this work, all of a sudden that voice was much louder, and the thoughts were crazier than they'd ever had been, <laughs> and they were more brutal than they ever had been. And what I first did, which, you know, I, I don't recommend, I'll tell you what I do now, is, is I really engaged with that ego in the way it absolutely wanted to be engaged. You know, like, shut the hell up, be quiet, you know, started kind of yelling at it, which um, did not work. No. Um, what I do today is I love it. You know, I, I, thank, I thank the ego for trying to be there to protect me, um, for, for, trying to, for trying to help me navigate this physical world, for having my best interest at heart. And I thank it, and I love it, and then I, I ask it politely and with so much love and compassion in my heart, and I say, can you please focus on the light for right now? And, um, but that was, this was, you know, years of a process to, to getting to this point. So back to your original question, I mean, it, it showed up in so many ways, you know, all the fears, you know, every single fear I could ever have, it started to surface in my mind, and those would become repetitive thoughts, and so... A couple of things that I learned to do is, you know, ones that I'm sure all of, of your listeners know is, you know, getting deeper into my meditation practices and otherwise really trying to quiet the mind. But what I also had to do is what I call a fear audit. And so these fears would come up and you have to play, I start to play the fear game, you know. Um, okay, I'm going to leave my job, so what's what's the worst that can happen? Mm. Uh, I can lose all my money. Uh, okay, I lose all my money, what happens? I'm going to be on the street, I'm going to be homeless. Okay, I'm on the street, I'm homeless, then what happens? So ultimately, I'm going to die, right? So every single fear led to death in some way or another. So what I did and I had to do is really sit with, okay, well, am I really fearful of death? What do I think about death? Yeah. Do I believe in death? And um, surrender to different ideas and notions I had about that. And so through that process, when these other ego fears would come up, I, I was ultimately able to go there and to remind myself I'm actually not afraid of death. I don't believe in it. You know, you know all these kinds of things and um, ways that I surrendered to that. Is this why you use the mantra, dare to believe in the power to do good, rather than just, you know, just do, just do good or dare to do good type of thing? The point of the, to believe seems to be quite important there. Yeah, it is, because so for so long I did not believe. You know, for so long I, I thought, wow, well, you know, yeah, this can happen for Oprah. <laughs> right. Right. Or this could happen for that person. And I believed it for other people, you know, because I, I saw that people have these dreams and they come from nothing, especially you know, in America, the American dream. And they're able to go after it and something happens. But I, I, I did not believe it for myself. I, I did not believe it for myself. And, um, you know, at the heart of Dare to Believe it's, is, is about taking extraordinary action that proves that belief. 
So for me, going back and taking, you know, buying a one-way ticket to Vietnam by trusting in that thing in my heart that was calling me, and then taking the action, seeing the results, seeing the reward is how I ultimately strengthened my belief muscle. So yeah, that's that's why it is um, important in the approach that I follow. I think I read somewhere in one of the articles you wrote, you said something like challenge the status quo of your life daily. Is this a kind of practice you do every day to kind of reinforce that belief muscle? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that I, I learned a lot from living overseas and particularly in a third world country is that a tendency that can happen for us being in, you know, Western civilization in America is that we get very comfortable with, um, you know, the status quo, with, um, you know, the, the kind of the wheel, the way things flow, you know. When I, when I first started working, I remember I would have these moments where my soul and my consciousness was, you know, speaking out an alarm to me, like, because I felt like a robot going through the motions. But when you're in a third world country, every single day is different, and I never felt more alive in my life mm. than when I lived there, because every single day is different, and so... You know, you're engaged in everything you do because you have to be, right? It's, right. It's, it's not, um, you know, it's not a, a set in stone and calm the way things are. I was kind of working through the same motion every day. So what I try to do now is re-challenge myself to question, you know, the rules I'm setting for myself, the rules that society is for setting myself, you know, these forms of imprisonment that I put on myself for way too long. And as I continue to evolve and grow, you know, I found I put new ones on. And, and I don't see that there are new ones unless every day I'm questioning things that I've come to accept, things that I've come to practice as status quo, and, and questioning that. And um, questioning questioning um, how they're affecting me or re-imprisoning me in ways I'm not yet seeing. Absolutely. I mean, I, I understand the journey you're talking about. And one of the things which is important for me on this journey is um, when I escape rigid structures such as the corporate life or whatever that is, I, I entered into something which I felt was what a lot of people call flow. And I noticed flow and not flow. Is this something you found on your journey where you're flowing, you know, you're following your intuition, the impulses, what feels right? And there's other times where it's less flowing. Yeah, absolutely, and I've had different experiences with it. When I, you know, when I traveled, when I came back, and I started this first business, everything just I was in the flow. You know, it was everything was flowing easily and perfectly. And my heart, which is when I think about soul purpose, it's that guiding voice, that guiding voice in my heart was also being rewarded by the actions I took in reality that were based on listening to the heart. And it was 100% in the flow. You know, I found more recently that, um, that, some, that, that sometimes um, that, that flow, when it's being challenged, is because you need to go deeper. And I've had a bit of that experience recently where I really felt... I was listening to my heart again um, on a, a recent venture, but the reality wasn't rewarding it in terms of a flow standpoint. And so that was a, a sign to me and an indicator to me that there's there's um, a new restriction I put on myself that I wasn't seeing. I needed to go deeper and go through this process again to get back into the flow. But I do believe, you know, when when the flow of reality is working out. Um, 
is the closer and deeper I'm in touch with, you know, my sole purpose and where that voice is taking me. Wonderful. Now, I know we're both very interested in um, subjects of consciousness and awakening and this kind of global shift from what, what I call, some, some people call 3D to 5D. How do you relate consciousness and awakening to purpose? Well, I, in a number of ways. So in my, you know, putting on my former advertising hat and coming from that world, I really started to notice it um, within the communications that people were responding to versus those that they no longer were. So advertising was an industry built on playing on people's fears and insecurities. That is how you sell stuff, right? Yeah. And I started to notice a marked shift in that, that people were now pushing that away and rejecting those messages and instead were responding to greater messages of love and compassion. And to me, when I pause and think about that, I thought, wow, something phenomenal is going on here. <laughs> like, this, this is different. Something's happening on a societal level in terms of consciousness. Um, so um, that was a, a primary way that I started to notice it in terms of the reality I was living in and, and how I was working. Um, what it means to me today is, uh, wow, you know, I don't even know how to begin to answer that. I, I really... I really thought my awakening um, started with this trip, and I've only come to understand that in the last nine months is I've been being, you know, woken up in a whole, um, whole different way um, in terms of how I'm experiencing and seeing the world and how I'm, you know, feeling energy and how things that I used to believe in um, I kind of see through them now and I see truth in a in a greater way than I used to. Um, but there's something happening on a societal level, and what I'm finding is that people, you know, think about this. For hundreds of years, people were fine with doing the jobs of, you know, what is now being done by automation or, you know, by, by the robots, if you will, right? People, people in some way, shape, or form are fine with that. But there's something happening on a global societal level where people are waking up and going, that, I can't, I can no longer live that way. Like, people are wanting and searching and needing to have purpose in their lives on a you know group level societal level in a way that hasn't happened before and you see evidence of it everywhere there's this mass awakening that i believe is going on now you talked earlier jessica about the ego and fear audits what about i know you talk about something called soul audits what is that for me that's all about getting quiet um and this is when i was really in a place where my ego mind was really running my life and I had a glimpse and an awareness to that. So for me, it's about getting quiet and sitting with myself and asking a question. You know, what is my purpose? Mm. And seeing what messages come to me. Another question I would ask myself, what am I afraid of? See what answers would come to me from that very, very soft, particularly at this time, voice in my heart that was a, a very soft voice, but the voice was there. Um, Asking other questions, you know, what is what is holding me back from stepping into this you know, thing that I want to do? Um, but it was really about having those quiet questions that I would ask myself and try to try to hear the answer to. Um, another way, in, in a way that some of the people I work with help get in touch with it is is through writing. You know, the same kind of questions, but have, giving yourself the opportunity to do free writing and, and see what answers come to you. 
Um, and this was really helpful to me at the time when the, the ego mind was so loud that I couldn't, I couldn't um, get in touch with what my soul was really trying to tell me. What piece of advice would you give someone who's at a crossroads in their life, a bit like you, where on the one hand they've got this security but painful reality, and on the other hand, the other hand an unknown adventure is calling? To dare to, dare to leap, <laughs> dare to take the action. It was one of the scariest things I ever did, but uh, you know I'm living proof that when you're in a situation that is that is trapped, but your heart is calling you to do something, if you can if you can step into that by taking some extraordinary action, and you know my extraordinary action might be different than your extraordinary action, um, but it's something that allows you to be courageous, to leap into the unknown. That will be rewarded because that is a profound and huge step towards stepping into um, a life of greater meaning and purpose. And your website is jessicajoins.com. I'll send the link out. Thanks so much, Jessica. Thank you.